The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond, beyond, beyond space. What? What? You messed it up. Everything's gotten strange and weird. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 455, I think. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a weird episode because we're going to be doing it sort of in two parts. Uh, I'm Max Scoville. Joining me, Andrew Goldfarb. Hello. Brian Altano. What's up? And Zach Ryan. Space. Yes. Space. Uh, so for the first part of the show, I want to just, we've all been really excited about No Man's Sky and it is finally out. For we got many to, years. We got to play it for over a year. We've cared about this game probably. <laughs> uh, we wrote about the announcement at the VJs in 20... 14, right? 13? Was yeah. it? 2013? 2013, yeah. Because it was while I still worked here. Yep. Yeah. And maybe we saw it for the first time. In 2014. Yeah, wow. Very cool yeah. teaser trailer. Was that... Who was that? Jeff Keighley and... Uh, what's his... Joel McHale? Oh, Joel McHale, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Weird year. That, that year yeah. where he was very mean to everybody. Yeah. Uh, and they shot the whole thing in a barn. Yep. Uh, yeah, so No Man's Sky is finally out. I think there was a, kind of a weird kerfuffle sort of leading up to this where... Yeah. Um, it, we didn't really get review copies, which I think like, a lot of outlets didn't get them. And they were basically like Kotaku and Polygon were going to mom and pop game stores and buying retail copies of the game and then playing that. And sort of like there's always that are we breaking rules here kind of approach to that. But I mean, the game's out in the wild and people seem to be enjoying it. We've all had time to talk about it. So let's talk about it. Sure. Yeah. So I'll say right off the bat, um, I think the the reading the responses and, and, and indulging in this thing myself in the first 24 hours, I think I've realized what a lot of people have realized, that this is both everything we thought it was going to be um, and also so much more and also so different than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a lot more – it leans a lot more into that sort of um, – don't starve survival mm-hmm. elements yes. uh, than it does the exploration. Um, and once you get over that sort of initial shock, and then once you, yeah. you kind of figure things out a little bit, then you get into the exploration a little more. But if you've ever played Minecraft before and you've seen that uh, that weird little ham in the corner disappearing as your character gets more hungry or whatever, um, there's a lot of those little systems going on in this game. And I don't think I truly knew that was what this was going to be about. Yeah, I mean... I think there were a few months ago there was that big preview event, right? And 
coming out of there, the impressions that I was reading about the game completely changed my idea of what it was. Because then all of a sudden it sounded much more like a roguelike, also sort of a survival horror because you have to manage your cold sh- your your cold shields and your radio radiation shields yep. and all this other stuff. Um, I don't think that I was expecting to deal with that stuff right out of the gate, like yeah. the moment that you step foot on the first planet that you uh, start the game on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it is right out of the gate just very daunting it's a lot of stat management and and menus and menus spend yeah. a lot of menus, menus. the I menus mean, what do we think of the menus because I think they're they're very like it, it reminds me a lot of Destiny so it's yeah. very and everyone made fun of me when I everyone yeah. in meeting that one day when they showed that they did those four videos and one yeah. was about like menus and systems and I was like it looks like Destiny everyone made fun of me I, I will say that to my, be fair most people make fun of you if, yeah, almost every morning meeting <laughs> Near, nearly every one of the and I I think this is going to be sort of a overwhelmingly positive conversation right we all really like what, yeah. we're, what we're doing here um, it took we me, have it this took conversation me a minute, we can yeah. play more yeah. of it but um yeah. I think that the overwhelming response I have to the things I don't like in this game is that little by little I've gotten used to them. Yeah. And I've gradually just accepted that that's the way they are. Like, um, but some of the things that have really tripped me up is um, dragging that sort of mouse pointer thing around the menus and moving squares around and running out of inventory space. And little by little, I'm like, oh, well, you can stack up things if you have a lot of uh, similar resources. Um, you can send things back to your ship. If you're close enough to your ship, you basically have this dual inventory system between your ship and yourself. Um, walking is slow and cumbersome, but it gets better. Jetpacking is slow and cumbersome, but it gets better. I really uh, I like but, the fall damage from jetpacking. Yeah. So you have to learn, like, I learned right away to really pay attention to the meter when you're using yeah. your jetpack because if you save enough, as you're falling down, you, you can, can tap X and you'll, well, sure. you'll yeah, bounce back I mean, up. And it's, to you me, know. like, that's, that's where I'm, like, exploring is incredible, and I've probably had, like, 20% of my time with this game has been just the most incredible moments of wonder I've probably ever experienced in a game. Like, discovering there's an occasional moment where I come totally just walk up a hill into this like incredible glade with like 80 animals at the water and I feed them and they like have a little smiley face above their heads and I'm like like I feel like I'm playing this incredible like wildlife simulator and then the other 80% of it has been getting the resources ready to have those moments yeah I mean I talk about um, like a lot of people talk about Bioshock Infinite or The Last of Us or Tomb Raider as these games where you have these waves and waves and waves of combat that you're getting through just to get to the next story thing Mm -hmm. because you care enough about the characters that you'll put up with the combat to get there. The way I feel about this game is that I am putting up with all of the, like, oh, my life support's low, I'm going to get some iron and carbon and replace that. Like, all of the the grind of finding that stuff and recovering and going through menus is worth it to get to those special moments. But it is still... Taxing. The moment-to-moment gameplay is lacking, yeah. is what you're saying, also, right? This, so it's, yeah, like, and it's like, I love the idea of the game more than actually playing the game. This yeah. is also a game that is not fun to watch. Like, I mean, there are going to be plenty of Twitch streamers and YouTubers who, who make it entertaining. But yeah. as far as being a game where you're watching someone else play their game, it's not interesting. So, yeah, yeah we just got this giant 4K TV set up in, uh, in our editorial pit. And Dan Stapleton, who's reviewing the game, is is out there playing it right now. Mm-hmm. And I sat down and watched him for ten minutes because I figured Dan has been playing it all day yesterday, all day today. So he's at least 
10 hours ahead of where I am in terms yeah. of resources and stuff like that. So I wanted to see what his game looked like. Yeah. And we were sitting there talking about the game, and I said, well, Dan, this has been fun, but I think I'm going to go watch some paint dry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because well, it no, is, he's just opening boxes. Yeah, and he's it's like, not really a fun game to watch. It is very experiential. It is. Because you know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, like, I have this goal in mind, so I'm finding these things to do that. But, like, see, an outsider doesn't really Right. On the yeah, flip yeah. side, Dustin Legary, who's doing a ton of capture of this game, just randomly started showing us creature videos today. And yeah. I find them incredibly interesting mm-hmm. to watch because yeah. it's like, that's, I don't know if there's the magic of I might be able to find that thing myself or if I'll never, ever see it. Um, one of the things I've noticed with this game is it's, it's sort of like... Um, Reminds me of Fallout in a lot of ways, in that uh, you keep walking because you think that something's going to be new and interesting around the corner, and it's not always there. But whereas Fallout was sort of drab and bleak and miserable, um, this is beautiful and inspiring and cool. And I walked for 15 minutes this morning playing this game, and nothing happened. And I was about to give up, and I'm like, I must be on the most boring planet in the system. And I walk up over this hill, and there's this just mall-sized space station full of treats, and there's robots around it guarding it. And I'm like, this is all of a sudden like an awesome moment that I'm only having. And I know other people are having different versions of this. And it's weird because my version, what I've interacted with so far, I've been at four planets and one space station so far. And I've, the, the thing that's lacking to me the most so far for me is the sort of creatures. I haven't met any interesting, cool animals. The ones I've seen have been sort of like little mechanical uh, things and weird Skeletor ground squirrels. Wait, wait. Like, so, like, what, what would you say they all look kind of like little dinosaur kangaroos or like? Not really. Just okay. like a couple of like hermit crabs with tails. Like, there are different variations of all. So, that's what's amazing is that there's no spoilers here because this is a endless game yeah like I just kind of there it is, occurred to me that like, there is a spoiler there is a, yeah there are some spoilers I'm sure that, okay, but in terms of discovery yeah, totally. right yes, my point yeah. being with animals being like oh have you gotten to the crabs yet okay well you might never yeah, yeah. like all I the mean, things that I've the, been seeing like, they look like armadillos and little little like one of the things you are guaranteed to interact with is uh, those little drone robots that once again are oh, very yeah. Destiny-ish and they'll come in and they'll start scanning you attacking you they'll call in their friends to attack you if you don't beat them fast enough they bring in these ATST chicken walkers that are these these just bipedal monster robots that come in and just start lasering you. Yeah, I've and only seen those dudes in promotional material. Yeah. But, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I've just been I, running for the Sentinels. Like, I haven't engaged them in combat at all. Yeah. Well, you can't usually, duck or hide, which yeah. I think is you weird. Have to get like, to a you can You can creep around a corner or yeah. get behind a boulder, and after 15 seconds or so, they'll leave you alone. But, like, I would really love the ability to if there's some tall grass, like, there's a thicket here, like, you could duck in there and they would come over you with their scanners yeah. and, like, you know, but so that's it's, and it's little things like that okay. that I think yeah, we're, exactly. we're so used to you experiencing. Jump off a very tall building. <laughs> you're so used to experiencing games, a first-person game that you can duck, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that run is to click the left stick. Yeah, uh, Brian's having a real hard time with so, the sticks. No, so that's that's not yeah. just you. I was actually I was talking to some of the other guys who were playing it pre and post patch, mm-hmm. and apparently that. I don't know if that's accurate, but my understanding is that they changed it. Yeah, they switched it. Where it was originally to sprint, you were like every other game that we've ever played, pretty much. You'd push down on the on the left stick, yeah. and you'd run. And then they made that the scan. And now yep. you're, I don't, like, it's the strangest thing to switch And it's a, it's a weird thing to do at the zero hour, too. Like, were they at the last minute, like, oh, okay, okay, here we go. We'll change it right now. Like, yeah, because you're running around a lot, or you're trying to. Now, uh... Like, I want to get into this real quick. We're talking about how sort of cumbersome and unwieldy it is to get around this world, right? That jetpack is, like, not great. I agree with Zach with the whole sort of, like, fluttering at the last second to land. It makes it so you can just leap off of giant cliffs and then just save a little bit of juice and go... 
and you're like, oh, I'm good. It's kind of like when you used to play Zelda or Ocarina of Time when he jumps off a cliff, but you go, yeah, at the last yeah. second and he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense. Um, but I, I found an upgrade for my jetpack. And now my jetpack lasts longer. And but the co- thing is, I did too, but they don't, it's so incremental. Like, I doubled, like, I doubled my run stamina. And I'm like, cool, I can run twice as long slowly and across a 20-minute gap. And now it will take me slightly less time. Yeah. But it still takes me a long time. But, but that's like, your can first you, upgrade. Can you tame animals and ride on them? Is that a thing? You, we, you can tame animals to be your pals. I don't know that you can yeah. ride on I feel like that's yeah. something they should totally add. Because being able it to... Needs, yeah. it needs a vehicle or something. Well, you can get in your ship... And fly anywhere. Yeah, but yeah. the taxing thing about that is, like, at the outset, your ship only has four charges, right? That's so you exactly only, it. So, like, you're you're spending so much, uh, so many resources just to get your ship off the ground to fly f- a minute in west. You know, like, that would take you 15 minutes on foot. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, do you spend the resources to fly there, or do you just suck it up that's, and walk? That's like, my whole thing mm-hmm. for a game about exploration. For a game that is encouraging exploration, it actually discourages it because I've actually been sticking to the critical path. But like, I, I jump to a new system, and I'm putting together the warp drive and all that stuff, or I put together the warp drive, and now I'm doing the next step. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, I don't want, like, I'm passing other planets, and I don't want to go explore them because I'm like, well, crap, if I go explore that planet, I'm going to run out of resources to get to the one it's telling me to go yeah. to. But I, I'm thinking of it as sort of like, it's kind of like there's stores that you want to shop in more when you have a little more money. Like right now, we're so early in the game that we suck. We have mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. we can run a little faster. We can jump a little higher. We can breathe a little more. We can stay warm for a few more minutes. But what you just said, Zach, about sort of like deciding if you want to go hyper jump or you want to run the 15 minutes, that's what this game is about. Sure. It's about these mm-hmm. sort of little micro decisions. It's this checks and balances of like, so even your upgrades take an inventory slot. So if I go, I want to run twice as fast, but I lose an upgrade spot um, or a, re- a valuable resource carrying spot. Now I can go. Okay, over that hill over there, there's like eight billion mountains of unobtainium or whatever it is in this game. And instead, like an uh, avatar, instead I, I can walk out of there carrying all of it. Yeah, or I can carry half of it and run. Sure, <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're constantly given that, and you're like, "Am I too far from my ship? Should I send this back?" Like I started get, gathering like key cards and stuff like that, and I'm like. I'm only going to junk this stuff. Like, I'm going to bring this into the space station, bring it to an alien, and junk it and get money. And I can use that money to get something else. Or I can focus on just keeping the resources on me right now to stay alive. So I think it's going to be one of those situations where it gets easier and it gets better. Mm -hmm. And that the first few hours from controls to how uh, unwieldy and miserable and and haunting the world is to how much it kills you is all part of the sort of uh, the the system of what this game is. I mean, this guy was like selling a pickup truck he's or like a spaceship pickup truck but he's like you want to buy this and i was like i don't i can't afford it right now but I'm yeah like, this has got like a ton of inventory slots and i can yeah and you'll come back yeah yeah so my thing is i 100 agree with you like of course like that upgrade loop is every insane hundred hour jrpg i poured my life into of trying to go up a certain skill tree or yeah. doing like it is that grind that i'm used to i think what i'm missing from this right now so every gameplay video that they've ever released, I was like, I don't get what the minute to minute is. Like I'm watching this and I don't get what I'm doing. And now it's like, oh, like I'm playing this game and that was what I was doing. Like mm-hmm. that loop it was showing of just finding stuff and exploring is the whole game. And I'm super down for that. Like I played The Witness, which is an even emptier game and an emptier world that tells you less. And this has so much more to it. But I think I just I don't know why it doesn't have its teeth in me yet, but like that grind you're describing isn't I, like I, I worry, I'm just going to burn out after 12 hours of doing this over and, and over. You might, yeah. and we all might. You know, we I mean, totally that's, might. That's sort of the, the thing right now. It's like you, 
you do the same loop on every planet. Yeah. You get in your ship and you fly to a planet. You jump out. You, like you fly low over the planet. You jump out when you find something interesting. Take all the the resources that you can. Jump to the outpost. Sell your shit and then get out. Yeah. And that's it. Like that. That's it for right now. So it's. I mean, that's the most interesting thing to me is like, what does this game look like in two months? What does it look like in six months? Mm-hmm. What does it look like in a year when there's yeah. these new things that, are they that gonna, we're assuming are that they're going to implement? Are they going to keep patching stuff in? I would assume so, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you I mean, add content? Like, they've talked yeah. about base building, which is awesome, but it's not like they can be like, oh, we're adding the Death Star. You know, like, they can't, because we don't all I see mean, the same stuff in our game. No, right off the bat, you can make a more, uh, you know, you can set up more control options right off the bat. Because yeah. one of the things I noticed that people were actually doing is they were going to the hardware settings on their PS4 to swap the L stick and right stick clicks, which I believe applies that to all games, which is not a smart solution. Yeah, um, I think that like you're for a game about exploring, your base walking speed is it's too slow, turtle slow. Way like too it's slow, yeah. it's, yeah. and I think like kicking that up a few paces will yeah. be okay. Well, is, that, is, even, that, is that tied to the uh, the speed at which the game renders itself because it's all procedural, or is that? A difficulty thing. No, to make I don't you think so because you can. I mean, you can start upgrading your run, so it's not yeah. like it's telling you you can only go a certain speed. Because I'm running everywhere now. Yeah, yeah I think it's you more know? of a like stop. So stop what I what I found doing is I upgraded my jetpack and I upgraded my run and I'll run until there's like a drop left of the run and then I'll jetpack uh-huh. and then when I land my run is recharged. recharged. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just doing these long series of runs and hops like a weird like an jackrabbit. <laughs> yeah, like an Olympia. Yeah, I mean, I don't even mean it because yeah, of course they have to have control options and updates and stuff. I more mean in terms of like DLC seeing expansions like yeah. how do you keep people playing a year from now it is going to be fascinating to watch because the game it's not like they can be like oh there's a new creature set like now there are four legged creatures because that exists you know yeah. and like the game is theoretically infinite already out of the box so I'm just this game as a whole it's like I don't envy Dan scoring this game because it is incredible it's like what it's doing is so 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 good but I just don't Oh no! Like the the loop of it will be really interesting to see how much those incremental upgrades get me yeah. into a place where I'm like, oh, like exploring is fun now. Yeah, and yeah. I think if you look at something like Minecraft, that game changed completely from when it launched sure. to when it to, to what it mm-hmm. is now. I yep. mean, our our up until a year ago when we upgraded updated that review, our review for that game was downright wrong. Mm-hmm. It was wrong and archaic, especially the mobile version, which mm-hmm. I believe we gave a six, and they they patched in everything from the PC and console version. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's gonna, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I know what you're saying there, though, about like, like, do you add fish? Like, <laughs> yeah. what do you, what do you add? Like, I found a water planet last night, and there were no fish. Yeah, and there's like, you can. I'm scanning plants as often as I'm scanning creatures, and it's interesting seeing like the different, even like plant species on certain planets are like, like you can get so nerdy with this game, and it's, yeah. it's really, it's just incredible that each planet has this ecosystem that like sort of makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at three different creatures, they seem like to have evolved like with the same needs in mind mm-hmm. like you'll see lots of like bipedal animals on on plants with hills because they need like stronger back legs or you'll see like a lot of like um low to the ground ones on super like sunny planets that are burrowing and like things like that like the game is really cool and smart yeah um, i totally met a bird dog yeah like nice. i met like a big old like a big old last guardian just like creeping around so my biggest question right now because I, I have me i've dipped my <laughs> he toe in, he was not having it yeah i've uh dipped my toe in the story stuff and i'm intrigued by it like, yeah i, I want to see how deep it goes Can you mess with like the language system at all uh that's super little yeah just so, yeah basically stuff. as you explore you learn a, a word at a time yeah and like weird little just 
space caverns dissed into the into the universe. You have like, like alliances too, so yeah, it's like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm aligning more with one than another right now. Well, by studying, like by finding a little space station on a, a quiet planet somewhere, I uh, noticed that there were a few little creatures inside glass cases, and I walked up and I learned about them and I studied them, and I became smarter in that in that sort of lore and in that culture. And then I met a guy who was from that culture and he was like, Hey, like you were, we're cool. We're neutral now. Mm -hmm. I'm not your enemy. And he started selling me stuff and he said a sentence and I knew two words out of eight words in the sentence. Whereas when I first started playing, I knew none. So I think by the end you're actually building out this entire sort of vernacular, which is so weird to me. Yeah. Like I know some games have attempted stuff like that before, yeah. but to throw that in the mix with everything else here, it's, it's just really nuts. fascinating. Yeah. I wonder if people are actually translating I mean I'm sure somebody will write like a wiki of like what all the words mean, so yeah. if you don't actually or unlock the language. Though? Like maybe those are randomly, randomly generated, generated as well. well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the the crazy thing is like I don't know because from talking to people I'm like, okay, like the stuff I'm doing that's like the crit path stuff, everybody else in the office is doing too, but slightly differently. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's like it's sort of um it's not so much randomized, it's almost like modular, where it's like, like I think a lot, the full disclosure, I work for Gearbox, uh, when Borderlands, the gun system, like every gun theoretically has similar components to it. Right. But the, there's always going to be a grip and a trigger and a barrel right. because it's a gun, you know? Right. And in this, it's almost like they took that and developed a game around it, yeah. where it's like, you're always going to need to find the warp drive and you're going to find a space station, you're going to find a mining area. But like the three thousand variables around them make them so unique well, that it's they won't be the same. Well, as it's you. even it's even modular in the way that the mission structure is laid yeah. out because yeah. Justin and I, Justin Davis, our features editor, and I were talking about how we completed how we completed our warp drives because I I finished mine this morning. I built my warp drive this morning, and I bought you need a certain amount of one resource, and then you need a component that you have to purchase from somewhere. And I bought it from a outpost on a planet that I found randomly and put it together on this tiny lava planet. And uh, Justin had to go to a space station to buy his. And it's just like, even the even if the mission structure is modular in that mm -hmm. way, it's really crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm just, I, I was talking about this with Max before, but just the idea that Hello Games, who previously made Joe Danger and Joe <laughs> yeah. Danger the movie, went from that to this, which is like, it's it's like like playing a banjo at like the corner of a circus and then going and doing like a 70s city world tour with yeah. a 40 piece orchestra like I don't know how that happens and like we're sitting there being like your game's taking too long yeah look we're making something different than anything's ever been made before it's crazy yeah, like, that's what I mean like it's I, I don't know how you review this game because to me like what they've achieved is like I have a hundred nitpicks about this game yeah but also they created a universe like it's so it's just well, I know it's not a ten. Like so, you could. I mean, I don't. I don't want to say you to review a game. You start with a ten and you chop down numbers from there because that's absolutely not how you review games. But I know it's not. A, I know it's not a perfect game. But I know it's not a broken piece of garbage. Yeah, yeah. you know, oh, totally. And like the fact that they pulled off, like that's the thing at a base level. Even when I'm annoyed at the inventory or whatever, I'm like, which will happen. Which a will lot. definitely oh, yeah. happen. Yeah. It, like I'm. I'm still. I take a moment to be like, okay, well, I'm annoyed at the game where I am crafting a uh, life support system for my exosuit on a planet I just discovered right. next to a tree that is a new species that I just named cute tree. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like such a weird the game is like so it just has these constant moments of like, oh like nothing has ever been like this. Mm -hmm. And I think in that way it totally did it. And yeah. It yeah, and I think those first few hours are like I don't I don't see anybody playing those first few hours and not being a little annoyed at how 
quirky or weird or cumbersome something yeah. is. We yeah. were texting each other last night, That's, and if yeah. I had gone to bed last night and just finished playing, I would have I would have woken up coming to work today, and this would have been a very different show. Yeah. And yeah. you and I and Max, you did the same thing this morning. Woke up and just played more. So that's that's the thing that I was going <clears> to <throat> say is um, for those in our audience that haven't played it yet, that didn't get it day one, that are waiting for the weekend or waiting until the reviews come out or something, like just expect for the first three to four hours to be a slog yeah, because yeah. it really is. And like you were saying, like I think the three of us texting each other and talking about it, it was like, I don't know if I like this game. Yeah. Like it's too slow. It's too boring. The inventory sucks. And it's the, the way that you inc- incrementally increase and improve the way that you play that game even in the the you know like like you're saying even in the hour that I played this morning I got a new gun I got my warp drive set up I upgraded my suit and then all of a sudden I was playing immediately a different game I was like yeah. oh yep now it's easier now I'm getting resources faster now I can move to different planets faster and it in an hour and a half this morning it completely changed my whole opinion on the game yep. So. Yep. so one thing I really like about it is that the world building in the, the storytelling sense is, is pretty sparse. Like there are tidbits here and there of like, you know, flavor text and there's these different alien races and there's t- animals you're meeting and, and stuff, but it's, it doesn't beat you over the head with it. It doesn't, it no. doesn't uh, force you to learn this, like this lore that you don't necessarily care about it. It very much is about you making up your own story and no, kind of you, piecing that together. You literally don't even know what you look like. Exactly. Like, and I really like that yeah, because I'm not playing as a character. I'm me. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. in space. Yep, yep. I'm discovering weird animals and flying an X-wing around. Yeah. And like I, it's such a nice change of, that's actually one thing I did really appreciate about Destiny uh, for its entire lack of, of world building initially uh, it kind of lets you make up your own rules it's like it's like what Lego used to be yeah like there was yeah, the Mtron and the Blacktron and the Space Police and the you know Monotards or whatever their names were and like you didn't know like Spireus I don't <laughs> and but like you would, didn't know what their stories were they were like some of them look bad some of them look good and you're just like well some of them hate each other I guess I'm going to make this up and get creative and weird and like I miss that. I like. Yeah. I love that in games. Like I remember uh, one of the first times playing like Star Fox at a friend's house. I was like, let's pretend we're flying the ship because it was like you could do that. You felt like you were flying the mm-hmm. ship, and like this is a universe that I'm exploring. And it's like the the TV in my living room is is a visor that's showing me this far away you know universe. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's why I want it to do well because it's that thing we talk about movies all the time. How like. So many movies are a sequel or a remake or based in a book or based in a play or based on an action figure line or whatever it is. And, like, it is so refreshing. Like, yeah, this obviously is inspired by, like, every sci-fi thing ever. Yeah. But it, it is so refreshing having something that is, like, totally pure and new and original and yep. that I don't round a corner and find, like, the Verizon planet and there's not going to be, like, Star Trek yeah. Beyond tie-in DLC. Like, yeah. this is just purely its own thing and and that in and of itself is so nice and and exactly what mm-hmm. I want to be playing. And it's, but it's got that feeling of like like weird like the first time I saw Star Wars or like old like when I used to watch Lost in Space like that weird funky 1950s terraform you know just like everything looks like it's made of like polyester yeah. and foam and spray paint. Yeah that's like one a, of the things that's really weird is like there is I mean, you're going to run into these sort of snafus when you create an entire universe, but yeah. like, it's not a graphical powerhouse. No. Yeah. When you're when you come out of orbit and onto a planet and you're flying low over a planet, like there's a fair amount of pop in. Yep. Yep. Um, but the one thing that's really interesting <laughs> is they? I know, right? But the one thing that's really interesting is like once you land, nothing really has textures. Like it's such yeah. a unique look and it's such an interesting workaround that they've they've implemented to quite kind of circumvent that load time. Is like 
everything has a very distinct look, but it's all very round and very flat. And, yeah. you know, like, there's also the, the sort of like, pillars that like, yeah. you shoot them and like you shoot a hole in the middle and the top just stays there bouncing yeah. on yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's, it's voxels. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. it is all voxels. Yeah, it's yeah. just. They, you know, smooth down the corners. But it's also it's running through like seventy Instagram filters, and it feels yeah. like there's like a bunch of planets that you're like, this has poison, I think. Or yeah. like, I was on one yesterday. It didn't necessarily have rain, but these like diagonal black sticks were just kind of like fluttering through the air, and yeah. like every now and then one of them, I think, hit me and stung me, and I was like, ow. Yeah. And I'm like, what is what is happening here? Like, I and I think that. it's like you look at yeah, me too. It's great. The thing on the, the yeah. thing on the box art that that. That Evangelion boss or whatever, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> this nightmare pyramid might not even be in your game. I don't know what yeah. that is. That's like the icon they show when I die. But like, yeah. I don't know what the what the hell that is. Like, yeah. it's just this weird thing. And that's what space should be like. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm so sick of there being like a, a an understandable like visual language for for space stuff where it's like. What if you showed me something I didn't understand? Well, that's what I was yeah. saying. It was like, well, yeah, of course this is confusing and daunting and cumbersome. You're exploring infinite space. Yeah. Like, and it's it needs, not going to come easy. And I, I think I, I once that it, clicked with me, I was I was starting to get it a little more. I like that it's that. Like, that's yeah. my thing. Like, I, I, that's kind of what I keep saying about this, like, and it's trite, but, like, I... I love the idea of this game. I love everything around me. I love what it's doing. I respect what it's doing. I'm just not having... The moments of fun mm-hmm. while playing it, which is such a stupid word, but like I'm, I'm there are so many points where I'm playing it, I'm not having so, fun. And I think that's because, and we keep comparing this to Minecraft, but I think in Minecraft, uh, people always said Minecraft is what you make it, right? right. And you've played survival mode, like you build a house, you stay through the night, skeletors come knocking on your door, you kill them, or that you go to sleep. Uh, or you play creative mode and it's just nuts, right? And you can fly around, do anything you want. If you get a shovel in Minecraft and you start digging, you will find caves and you will find rare ore and weird, cool stuff. That's a guarantee. That's just the way the game's designed. If you go to the top of the sky, there's nothing up there. If you chop down trees or you go over the forest, you know where that is and that is. But all the resources are sort of compartmentalized. There's no guarantee that you are going to catch a big fish when you cast the line in No Man's Sky. You might walk for 45 minutes and see literally nothing. And then turn the corner and have the most amazing experience. Or get in your ship, get off, go on a different planet and land, and you're like, oh, this is way better. And that's kind of my thing. Like, I'm not having fun in the moment, but what I could find is worth it. Yeah. It's actually, I really hate saying it, and I'll get shit for it, but it's Pokemon Go. It is yeah. walking 10 miles across the city on the off chance I'll find the one thing I need and catch it. Like, like I'm going to go home and play two hours tonight. I'm not guaranteed to have a good time. Yeah. I'm not. That's weird. Yeah. It's weird to think. Totally. that. Like, yeah, I mean, when, I, when I play Street Fighter, I'm guaranteed to punch a guy, right? Yeah. Like, I know that's what's going to happen. I don't know. I played Street Fighter against you. There's no guarantee there. <laughs> I beat you in that tournament. The uh, video the proof is on the internet. I was the winner. No, the, I won the whole uh, thing. Long, long time winner. No, you didn't. Big, big, I, big winner. I literally won the I whole thing. Street Fighter. Exactly. It's not lunch. true. Anyway, so she. Um, That's not what happened. It's documented. It's they don't care. They don't care about facts. All right. Well, now, well then look at Rotten Tomatoes. They don't care. Look at our presidents. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There you go. Anyway, No Man's Sky. Uh, what do you guys think? Like, what's the what's the, what's your kind of like? I can't wait to keep playing it. Yeah, yeah. I, like I think it. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah, I like, like it a lot. It is so singular in what it does that I just I can't. I can't imagine like not being able to talk about this game and feeling decently well versed on it because it's yeah. just so like m- even more so than playing it. I came in like I I'm, I've been thinking about it all day. I'm excited to go home. Yeah, but then I'm more excited to just come in and talk to you guys about it. Yeah, yeah. Every single person I've talked to this morning who's playing it already has had a different, weird, cool, interesting story. Yes. Yeah, and I love that. Well, and the thing about it that that will keep that conversation happening is like. Yes, we have a wikis team here, but because everything happens so differently and in such a different order and everything is so different from from player to player, it's like 
you don't know what's around the next corner, but you also don't know how to use everything that you've got. So yeah. there's all these variables that people are experimenting, experimenting with and finding. And um, I think that's one of the things that is both detrimental but also useful in a game like this is that it doesn't really explain how to play it or yeah. what it is you have yeah. to talk really to well. So you have it. to, yeah, you yeah. like we we were, I forget what I was talking to Dan about today, but he was like, yeah, you know, if you do this thing, you can do X Y Z, and I just had no clue. I was like, wow, that yeah. makes that game so much easier to me now. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, because you're like, all right, well, so I watched a YouTube video about how to peel a banana. Yeah, all right, cool. How do I get bananas? And they're like, oh. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> they're in space somewhere. You're like, well, th- well, thanks. Like, yeah. I know what to do once I get it, but I don't know how to get it. Like, and you even told me the L and R thing. Like, I was flying through space holding circle, which is like very so slow. slow. Yeah. Real time tells you that it could take you four and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and until you hit circle to speed up a little more. Yeah. Well, but if you click L and R at the same time, you go in at like hyperspeed. But then there's an extra one on top of that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. The, the hyper jump or yeah. whatever. Well, and that's, that's almost like, that's where switching areas. Yeah, that's yeah. not even like travel. That's yeah. almost where I. That's almost where I called it last night because like I got I finally got up into orbit and I get into space and the nearest planet was like, you are four hours from your destination and I was like, you can't be serious. Like, there's, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, I get that this is expansive, but this is a bit much. And then I realized like, oh no, there's different ways. Yeah, to, yeah. You know, like, I, cool I will say that, that I, in real time. I yeah. do kind of wish that. Then this is this is a really really just the worst complaint. I kind of wish it was smaller. Like, I kind of wish there was that a chance the worst complaint. that I'm going to see other people's, like, discoveries. And yeah. I'm going to see other people's, like, I want to go to a planet and be like, oh, I discovered a planet. And there's some guy there, and he's just, like, running around, like, shooting kangaroos. And he's like, no, nah, this is my planet. Well, but I maybe, think like, about the first time you get to a planet and it says discovered by so-and-so or yeah. whatever. Like, I, it, like, so far, every single thing I've seen in my game is mine. Right. And, like, yeah. it, after 40 hours of this game, imagine but finding even something if it, that's Even not. if it, like, aggregated or collated your friend list and put those planets closer to you exactly. or those right. systems yeah. closer what to I you. Because, really like, how would you like, like to, like, crash land on a planet and look around and all the boulders are carved to look like wangs and you're like, this is Brian's planet. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, laugh at what he named some yeah. weird dog thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. I went to a planet, I named it Stink. It's just the planet Stink. It's the planet Stink. <laughs> I was really mad at that planet because those tentacles on the ground kept hitting mm-hmm. me. But, like, I don't know. Like, I kind of would. I'd love it if we had some like, some like little prince, uh, like King Kai planets that were like real little moons that you could just go like, up and like uh, Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, really exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And just yeah. like go up there and be like. I mean, I think in one of the first demos that I saw this, like, um, like Sean Murray was like, "Hey, check this out," and he's like, takes off in a ship and flies off the planet, and then goes to a different planet, and it it seemed like a lot easier and maybe things do get closer together denser or whatever but like to kind of I was I was a little he was bit just, he was really good at the game yeah, yeah. I think he, just, he was doing speed run he must have yeah. made it or something yeah exactly <laughs> but I don't know like but the, the fact that you take off and there is that kind of initial letdown of like oh that planet's 15 hours away yeah Oh boy, mm-hmm. I should probably go get some more plutonium. You know, yeah. yeah. But then you get there pretty quick, and the cool thing I notice is that you, if you run out of certain stuff in space, you can just shoot down rocks. Just shoot meteors, yeah. You shoot it's meteors, and they get beamed into you, and then you. Yeah. Can I think you can also going. drive through them, and just you know. Oh really? As if you're going you, fast enough, and then it's if just your like, shield's high because it still yeah. hurts your ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's I don't know. There's a yeah. there's a lot there. Um, there's it's, more than yeah. there's ever been there. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, it's endless. Like, I just like like Andrew was saying, it's uh, it's such a weird dichotomous game for me because while I'm not head over heels for it, 
I cannot wait to go home and play yeah, some more. right? Yep. You know, like, I'm not, like, in love with it the way that I was with Dark Souls 3 the day that it came out. It's, uh, but, like, I can't stop thinking about it. Like, I can't wait to go home That's and play more. Yeah. That's a good game. That's a good game. Like, even yeah. if you're not, like, I'm having fun every minute, that yeah. fact that it's got its hooks in you like that is, that's mm-hmm. something special. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's also incredibly cool that we're all having different experiences. We can all talk about that. Uh, you find listeners and viewers at home, you should head over to facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond. Nailed and uh, share some weird animals that you've caught. Show us your show yeah. us your yeah. weird, uh, especially the cute ones. Show us your disgusting kangaroos. Yeah, there's a couple threads in that group right now that are really cool. There's a, a kind of spoiler free impressions thread. There's a spoilers impressions thread. But my favorite is um, there's a sort of just image gallery yeah. of people are taking cool pictures of weird planets and wildlife and space. Uh, I tweeted a picture yesterday of a moon lined up perfectly with this uh, giant vertical. Oh, sort of yeah. rock structure that looks exactly like a PlayStation Move controller. Yeah. Like, there's just cool stuff there. So yeah, take pictures of it, hit that share button, put it in that group, and uh, we, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, so I hope cool. somebody sees a, pr- a perfectly procedurally generated dog, like just like <laughs> just a, a normal, normal just a regular ass dog, and they're just like, well. I don't think it's possible, possible, right? Yeah. I think it's all right. Destin showed us this video of this, like, weird, like, circus bear walking around on its hind legs. And it was dropping uh, resources for you because you fed it. Yeah, you you feed animals carbon, they can poop out. He he gets, like, a smile, and he was just pooping out cool gems for you to eat. Cool. That's so I always life. want to catch a circus bear and feed it some poison and make it make it drop turds everywhere. I like this game. <laughs> yep. No Man's Sky. What a lark. Available in stores now. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we have... Uh, what a lark. Yeah. <laughs> we have um, Iron Galaxy in here, uh, mm-hmm. who's just recently been joined up by uh, Adam Boys, you might know as a Sony man. So let's, uh, let's talk to them in a second. We're going to go to the bathroom, and we'll be right back. And Starwipe. Everybody and welcome back. It's me and Brian, and then it's uh, Dave and Adam and Chelsea. You guys are Iron Galaxy. All of Iron yeah. Galaxy. Are. The entirety of the of the yeah. company is three people. It's the, yep. the indie scene is shrinking <laughs> as ever. Mm-hmm. It, I think the apocalypse is real. What's going, on? <laughs> What's going on with you guys? You used to be with the Sony. I was with the Sonys. Yeah, yeah the PlayStation. They make, they make Killer Instinct. That's not a yeah. Sony game. It is not. It is what not. But all the, the other games what are. What the hell's going on? Um, trying new stuff. <laughs> trying new things. You know. Um, it's. I know this is going to sound crazy, but before I was a PlayStation, mm-hmm. I made games for other platforms. Yeah. There are other platforms? Yeah. No. There are. There are a few other. Get out. No, yeah. You handed. Yep. The Game Gear. You handed Shuhei a, vi- a game and a video. That's yeah, all I you've did. ever done. Yeah. And by the way, I haven't returned it yet. I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> On my last days, I was like, Shu, I gotta give it back to you, because I need to give you the po- copy of Killzone. <laughs> yeah, no, you, I left. You miss, you miss making games, I guess. I did. No, yeah. for sure. Like, Dave, Dave and I actually worked together in the early... 2000s. What the early 2000s? early aughts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 2003, I moved out to Chicago and we made a couple games ago. We made uh, Slugfest Loaded yep. and Blitz <laughs> League, um, that unlicensed thing starring LT, which was a super. I remember for the original uh, PS2 and Xbox, trying to get those at 720p. Yep. And went... online tournaments yeah. on X- the original Xbox dark, as well. Dark days. Dark days, Adam. So, uh, you know, after, after Midway, I sort of left and started doing, you know, like product development but with other people and then did my own thing for a while beefy media and then joined playstation and had a great time but every time i go into the studio and, and you see that camaraderie and that family and you're like oh they're and they're making things and even even watching sean murray and the hell games guys right now like releasing and that sort of exuberation of like putting something out in the world that that photo of them holding up the final is so of the cool game is is like the happiest you've ever seen 14 people absolutely <laughs> absolutely and as much as like doing all the stuff in places we had a lot of fun working with publishers developers but at the end of it you know you you do your press 
conference, and then within minutes, everyone's like, well, I hated it. Uh, what's next? What's next year? And you're like, uh, the job's work is never done. And so I think working on the studio side and the dev side is uh, um, super exciting. And it was always something that was missing yeah. uh, for the last mo- many years of my career. So I didn't really think about it like that, how sort of insatiable gamers are right yeah. after a press conference. And I think yeah. when you make a game, you at least get to take your time a little bit. Yeah. Although you get, you get the flip side of people constantly being like, where is it? Yeah. Yeah, why where is it? Yeah. Get off of Twitter and yeah. finish the game. <laughs> and then why have you patched it yet? Yeah. As soon as it is out yeah, there. Yeah, it never ends anymore. <laughs> What's right? next? What's next? Yeah. Come on more. Yeah, it's awful. So there's a really good question, though. Is, uh, what is next? Uh, so obviously finishing up Killer Instinct, which all your listeners are going to be very looking forward to, I'm sure. Um, we're still doing some support for Elder Scrolls. <laughs> Marty loves Battletoads. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and all the big stuff we're going to announce probably be early next year. So we're kind of just getting a whole bunch of new stuff started. And looking forward to talk about it, but we're not quite sure yet what we can share. Adam, we were debating what to share on the way over here. And then we were yeah. we were going to say, what are, what, in the air are we going to break? Who are we going to screw over? And then Chelsea <laughs> cattle play. prodded us into silence. That's my job. Yeah. 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 She, runs shit. she runs yeah. shit. Discipline. Now, so Iron Galaxy, like you guys have, if you, if you go to kind of the, the Wikipedia page, it's a weird mix of like games where you're like, wait, I thought somebody else made that. And then... Like weird stuff like dive kick, but yeah. it's like you guys mm-hmm. kind of uh, you keep the, keep the lights on by by porting stuff. Is that kind of well, how it works? I, I, or is it? I don't like thinking of keeping the lights on like that. Like that's our core business. Okay, right. And so we do a lot of ports. We do a lot of like upresing and downresing versions. Like we did Borderlands two for the Vita. We did Elder Scrolls Online for console. Um, lots of stuff like that, and that's the core business. So what we are at this point, we've always wanted to do things like game publishing. We just released Video Ball last month for mm-hmm. PS four. Uh, Steam and Xbox One, uh, stuff like Dive Kick we've done before, but like it takes it was me and Chelsea for just without Adam for so long, and kind of realized it takes so much energies to keep that business going that we didn't have time to look forward and properly plan. Okay, what's the right way to do Dive Kick? What's the right way to do publishing? And kind of realized we needed someone else at the top to kind of help us out with that. And after like hitting up all the people I really cared about, and they said no, we were kind of left with Adam. So. That's a weird way yeah. to be like. Yeah. Yeah. I asked everyone to prom. <laughs> no one wanted to go. So and then, yeah, I was the last. He, yeah, he, second he, captain first. He's back, <laughs> yeah, he's and the safety kid. Red Rover, Red Rover, yeah. we call Adam exactly. over. Yeah. Yeah. So when you when you when you have a studio like this, is there a sort of do you find a pattern from the games that you're putting out? Because it seems like they're all completely different from each other. But I know that like if you think of it sort of like a record label, there's kind of like a sound that a label has. Do you kind of feel that way about about have, having a game studio? I mean, for the original stuff we do, I think for sure, right? Like, if we poured a game, generally we are enthusiasts of it. But for all original stuff like Dive Kick, you know, KI, you know, we didn't do season one, but two and three is completely ours. And the stuff we have coming up, it's all like competitive original stuff, right? So. Yeah. I think a lot of that comes from the heritage of, you know, at when we were all at Midway together. And mm-hmm. sort of that, everything is very sort of like animation focused and combat focused and like, you know, visceral and stuff yep. like that. And I think a lot of that is is part of that. And then I think a lot of a lot of things that attract to me is that also the technical prowess of the team. Right. Being able to, you know, they came on to Destiny to help them get the PS3 build running. And there's just so much optimization stuff that's happened when we were at running. Let's not overstate it. But <laughs> yeah. Help, yeah, yeah. No, helping optimize it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, when we look at sort of back a lot of people worked on uh, bringing Mortal Kombat to PS3 and porting stuff to Unreal and getting 
getting Stranglehold release, which was the first Unreal game on PS3. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of sort of like underpinnings of super strong technical prowess. And then when you start layering on the great stuff they've been doing with KI and, and sort of right. esports and competitive stuff, there's just, to me, when I look at the outside, Dave sort of, I think, does a great job underselling what they've done. They've done a lot of incredible different things. And when I looked at the whole entire whole industry. Mark of a good hype man. Right. <laughs> when I look at the entirety of the industry, so we're 130 people in two different studios in Orlando and Chicago. And all the things from Elder Scrolls Online port to console, I mean, there's so much rich work that's been done with online server structures and with um, you know combat and you sort of layer all that stuff together you're like wow there's a lot of pieces here there's a lot of ingredients right. that could create some amazing stuff um, go even more amazing stuff going forward so that's sort of so you're, what you're, you're kind of helping the other kids with their homework but also stealing their answers well, I mean, that's the benefit of being at PlayStation, and you I got to, to go into every studio and be like, oh, you know, no. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, but it's, it's got to be pretty cool. Yeah. You get yeah. to see the con- all the new consoles work on those, get experience there before, uh, you know, a lot of other teams get a chance. So I look at all of the things we've done. It, they do have a theme because they're a theme. We learn something new with yeah. every single title we work on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then with, with you know my job at PlayStation, when I was going to all these studios and sort of they were so excited and, and then you'd have feedback, but oftentimes it was feedback as a creative person or, you know, like, what if you guys, and I'm like, wait, it's not my job to give you <laughs> feedback on how to change your game, right? but if it was my game, mm-hmm. and the difference now is that we get to actually put that stuff in action, so be it's, like, what it's, if we did? It's not like when there were like the stories of like Shigeru Miyamoto showing up to like Rare and he's like, put Star Fox in the dinosaur game, <laughs> and like, ah, oh, crap. Here we go. No, I mean, that yeah, literally happened. I remember, I remember there was a infamous meeting at Midway um, when they were working on Spy Hunter, and uh, at the time, one of the executives was like, they should, why can't you get out of the car you should be able to get out of the car and the team's like that's great and so three months later they're like now you can get out of the car <laughs> and it's just like all of a sudden spiral like what about helicopters and you're like no that's not and, and the challenges as a platform oftentimes when you say something as playstation people are like oh the playstation guys really want to see i'm like don't ever do that right and as a ex-producer you know the worst thing a bad producer can do is going with a crappy idea and the team goes oh okay let's go do that to make them happy so well, you, you've seen the uh the 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 the, the blueprints of the, when they were sketching out star wars episode one and right. george lucas came in with a highlighter and was just like oh no no and just drew over everything um it's like a light yoda accent no yeah it's, it's, it's a really no. scary guy to work with so i guess that's one i think <laughs> ruined it i will <laughs> Uh, that's something you obviously try to avoid doing, right? Yeah. Is just kind of coming in. So do you reach this sort of middle point of like, I have an idea or this is a fun suggestion, but if I don't want to say this too loud because I'm going to d- screw this game up by, by a year. Well, I definitely at PlayStation that was the case. Like our job when I first came in was like, okay, what are all the problems that every developer has? Okay, there's concept submission. There is the amount of time it takes to get an update done. And we we're like, okay, let's eliminate all that stuff. But then when you get in that sort of creative jam session with teams, and like, have you thought about, you got to be very careful because again, they're going right. to take that verbatim and be like, hey, maybe if I do that, because Adam said it, then they'll give us more coverage on the front page. There would be situations of like, okay, we're going to stop this conversation now. If you want to do a whiteboard session of different ideas that we know have been successful on the platform, then we can sort of do that. Right. Um, and so now I think being part of a studio, all those different ideas and stuff that have been bubbling around, and and I think it's sort of a, a year ago, I was like, yeah, I just I miss that. And then Scratch just got itchier and itchier, and now here we are and, to spread yeah. the itch. I think you're going to find you those. Still, <laughs> you still have to be careful, too. No, I for always, sure. I'm not always a, adding When features. I walk around, if it's anything that's just purely creative, right, if I'm just giving an opinion on what we're making, I always am careful to say like talk to your lead about it or you know talk to talk to the designer this is how i feel but 
Yeah. You know, it's like, not. I had to stop giving <laughs> feedback on stuff we're doing because, like, Chelsea, the way it works is so I was doing a lot of the business development stuff and running the business, and Chelsea runs the game teams. That's her job. And, you know, if someone's like, hey, Dave, what do you think of this thing? It's like, found it, I said something. Like, even I could couch it a million times be like, this is just my opinion as a gamer. This is not a directive. You've got your team. You know what you should be doing. I think that sucks, and you should do it like this. And then next thing you know, it's like, Chelsea's calling me, what did you tell Kurt? Why would you tell him that? I'm like, he asked me what I thought. So I kind of had to holistically stop giving feedback, unless I get it through, like, third party, vet it through, like, if it gets dropped in via airdrop, they don't know who did it, then I can do it like that. But, yeah, it's triple triple secret probation on the feedback. I think a lot of people really just have no idea, and you can't, almost can't fault them, but they have no idea how hard it is to make a game. It's super hard. It's super hard. Does it it break all your hearts when you, like, if you go on Twitter and you see something like, uh, the developers are lazy. I read that a lot, and it kind of kills me, because I'm like, well, I mean, do you know... Do you know how they made that door? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. Totally. Like, I can tell you if it opens. Yeah. And when it should or shouldn't. And I, if it's colorful or cool, if there's a cool totally. window or sign on it. But, I mean, does it, how much does that suck to hear that kind of stuff? It, it's horrible. It's heartbreaking. And the thing is, you know, especially um, at PlayStation, it's like you, you call up the developers and you thank them and say, awesome job on the game. And then you read that and you're just like, that's not, none of that's true. And then when you meet the people, like I remember when I went to uh, the Destiny launch party up in Seattle. And I met one of the guys. He's like, oh, Adam, hey, I've seen you on stage and stuff like that. I'm a huge fan. I'm like, I'm a huge fan of Destiny and Bungie and all stuff. He's like, oh, I made the entry door in this one sort of dungeon as you go down. And he, he was with his dad. And he's like, oh, this is my dad. And I met his dad. And it's like, that's what that guy. He did the animations all yeah. stuff for that door. And when, you don't sort of think about that often. When you say, hey, a team's lazy or, or that they could have done more. Yep. Uh, we were actually talking about this earlier today about like, you know, a game like No Man's Sky. So that so much passion and effort went into it. And then people are like, well, the patch fixed what? Or couldn't they have done this differently? I'm like, you know, so they can't even have a moment to sort of celebrate their amazing accomplishments because people have feedback right out the gate, right, of, of things. Well, that yeah, never, we're, I've never been on a team or met any team members who say something like, gee, I, I really want to put out a sucky game that yeah. people hate. <laughs> if only. Like, my dream is right. to just This is the one we're bailing on. Yeah. yeah. Finally, like, we'll go to. Usually people are pouring yeah. their hearts out. I mean, working like. A extreme amount to get these things so, out. I guess to piggyback on that, is there ever? I mean, is there ever a moment deep in the development cycle where you're like, "Oh man, like may, this might be a bad game." Every single game, oh, sure. really? Yeah. Every single oh, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like, there's always this point where you know, it's like the, the thing that's hard about games, and the way I explain this to people who don't know anything about video games, like my my aunts or whatever, right? As I say, the thing that makes games hard is it's like a really hard business. And there's deadlines, and you have this much money to spend, and there's not a dime more no matter what. And then it has to also mesh with creative. And you don't know what's fun. Like, if I'd explain to you guys, like, Tetris. Okay, blocks are going to fall, and they'll be different shapes. And you'll spin them. And if you get a whole line filled with blocks, that fucking line's going to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the lamest thing of all time. Yes. Yeah. But it's amazing, right? And so, like, there's a difference between paper fun and then implementing yeah. it. And the problem with games now, before, it's like one programmer. And you can spend a weekend, find out if ideas fun, and now you might have to spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, to find out that base idea sucked in practice for reasons you couldn't yeah. foresee. 
But now you still got these deadlines. You still got the budget. You have to make a fun game. And you're going to fail more often than you succeed, and it happens every single game no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think the reason some games are successful and some games aren't is just maybe you have a little more leverage with those other factors. Maybe you can get more time. Maybe you can get more money. Uh, maybe you planned a little better to account for failures, right? But it's always like this. Right, and then who's giving you money and what opinions do they right. have? Yeah. And yeah. sometimes I've literally been on the phone saying, you're asking me to make a mediocre game, yeah. but I guess I'm going to have to. Because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, sometimes more time and more money might not necessarily fix it anyway, right? right. Correct, yeah. yeah. True. And that's yeah. the rub, right? You're asking someone yeah. for this thing, and you're like, this sucks. Why would I put more money into this? Because we think there's a chance it might not suck in mm-hmm. six months. I think there's a pretty right. good chance. We have some early research yeah. that leads us to believe <laughs> right. it might not yeah. actually yeah. suck. So you, you talked about Midway. Is this sort of, do you think that's maybe one of the reasons that kind of, we've been talking about this for a few years now, the middle shelf, kind of the middle yeah. of the industry yeah. Yeah. fell out in the last, probably I would say four, five, six years, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I think with THQ, with Midway, yeah. a lot of those sort of like, um, games that were sort of mid-scope games that mm-hmm. have gone away. And I feel like some of it's been replaced by sort of gourmet free-to-play stuff. Yep. Um, but there, there are fewer now independent studios that can build, that have the capabilities to build games of that of the sort of double-A, triple-A scale. And I think that's a fun place. We see a lot of games now that are, that are huge in scope, mm-hmm. like a game like Paragon, right? Which isn't necessarily considered, it's hard to put that into category, but the, the amount of content in it, I think, lives in that sort of triple-A world. And so it's interesting where those things have fallen out, what kind of content is feeding in there? And yeah. so it's that there's now the 30, 40, even $6 price points from independent studios. So it's mm. really interesting to see what's living there. You know, how, do you, how do you define independent studio in 2016? When we've got I, I digital distribution, like what the what the hell does that mean? It just means not owned by another company. Yeah, and that's it's right. goofy. That it's it's fine. super muddy, and I think it means different things to different people. We talk about Jonathan Blow and his eight to ten person team. When you talk about Hello Games of fifteen people, we're one hundred and thirty people. So there's mm-hmm. just you know, um, yeah, like we're still completely dependent on our business partners. Yeah, right. right? Like if Bungie's completely independent at five hundred people, right? Yeah. Yeah. they're not owned by anyone, and yeah. so yeah. It, it's totally different scale. And so I think what you look at more so is like what kind of things can you play with in this space, you know, to have fun and, and take advantage of all the things you have learned. Because I think people were looking at something like Play Dead that made Limbo and Inside, right. and they were like, that's an independent studio. And it was like, well, n- not really, because they made like an Xbox exclusive game, and Xbox is owned by Microsoft, and Microsoft is this. Yeah, but it's whimsical. Yeah. So, is it's, it? so it's, it's real indie. <laughs> Did we play the same game? It's a very dark game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, like, can you get to a point where you where the middle comes back again, and now we have a middle tier? Because I think one of the things I miss the most about, especially a company like Midway, is that they had kind of the polish of a triple game right. with a little kind of wonkiness and jankiness you could say yeah. janky but janky yeah totally that's I, I and i love that word i think it's a really i think it's, it's, there's a endearingness to, to jank um but to get to a point where uh you can be as risky as 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 an indie or a middle tier but um kind of have the budget or the polish of of, of a of a triple a yeah I, mean, I think stuff like firewatch is a great example yeah of like right. new middle tier right yeah because like, what it is like companies like midway or 2k or warner brothers or whatever they used to spend used to spend like eight million dollars on a game right the problem with big companies when they try to do a mid-budget mid-budget game is they still have 500 lawyers they yeah. still have all this press, all this marketing. Well, we don't want to do that much marketing for this because it's this small thing. We don't need a TV spot. But they still need all these people they need to pay, and that drives that $8 million cost up to $16 million, Right. right? Yeah. And now this little game needs to make twice as much as it probably yeah. can. Yeah. Whereas you take a team like Campo, who can very like really just lean and mean and just get this awesome yeah. game done, right? 
and it makes sense for them. That budget makes sense again. These games make sense again. And it has to be independent companies that bring that back without all yeah. this bloat and infrastructure that needs to be supported. Mm-hmm. So I think it's totally going to come back, and I think it's already started. Yeah, and I think if you if you look at a company like Digital Extremes, who did Warframe, right? That's right. a great example, like starting with an idea and then building upon it. Now it's three, four years later, and they're self-sustaining as a studio. So now they can, with the with the revenue that they've built off of that game and the success they've built, they can take more risks down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I think there's a lot of neat things. It's just different. And what business model, too, you apply to it is totally you know free-for-all, too. Um, so there's a lot of cool opportunities out there. There's also, I think, the notion that um, creativity being limited is actually uh, help, helps the artistry of it in some ways. If you look at something like um, the technology holding back original NES games and why Super Mario had a mustache instead of a moving mouth, right. and now he just has that forever. He never shaved it. <laughs> um, I think there's something that, that comes from limitation in, yeah. in some ways. Uh, yeah. Instead of having sort of just a constant triple A, quadruple A, quintuple A budget yeah. Yeah. that just yeah. gets to, you know, sort of, you look at like the Assassin's Creed franchise, which had to pump the brakes. That's like a global, world spanning franchise that costs yeah. billions and billions of dollars to make. And maybe reining it in is kind of cool sometimes. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of the studios, when they do like art tests, right? They'll give, okay, you want to come work at Iron Galaxy or whatever. Okay, here is a description of a thing to model. Here's a, like a picture of it from a couple different views. You have this much time and you have this many polygons and this many textures you can use or whatever, right? It's not about can you make this look the best as possible in infinite amount of time and resources, right? Yeah. It's like, no, a normal game, I'd give the person half a day to knock this model out if they were on the team. How good can you make it look in half a day? And that's what you're hiring for, right? Mm. And so uh, those constraints are, they define everything that happens, yeah. right? Like, I mean, that's your life is constraints and, and schedules. Yes. And, yeah. It's like being on Chopped or something like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Here's so, a box of stuff that you've gotten. You have so, a unicorn tail and a bag of brown sugar. <laughs> <laughs> but so, like, going back to what you're saying about, about jankiness, I think there is, a, there is a charm for games to be, like, a little bit weird. And you kind of see this with, like, smaller scale indie games. Uh, I mean, there's like. Like Dive Kick. Dive Kick yeah. is a great <laughs> example. Uh, you know, Goat Simulator, stuff like yes. that, where it's just like, it's kind of almost a slapstick type yeah. of game. Uh, do you think that that's almost a response to, like, machines being too powerful to be, like, affordable to develop for? Like, I think it's more just, like, there was no... People wanted to make those games for a long time, but there's no way to do it. And now that you can make whatever the heck you want, because it's so yeah. easy to... You can yeah. self-publish on all these platforms, yeah. right? Yeah. We have access we didn't have before. You don't need to go to Publisher X and beg to make Dive Kick. It's like, wait, it's going to have two buttons? And it's going to... Wait, what are you going to do? <laughs> and you just, we can just do it on our own now. Yeah. And waste our own money doing stuff like that, right? <laughs> and so I don't think it's so much uh, like a reaction to that, so much as it is with the ability to self-publish and just get your visions out there in a way you couldn't before. You were dependent on other people. Yeah. And with social media being able to sort of get that message out there, too. Like, walking in, I was in the Apple Store the other day getting my um, screen fixed for the second time in three weeks because I'm an imbecile. Um, <laughs> and to see these two 10-year-old kids playing Octodad on this huge screen. Yeah. And I'm like, it's a game that's so bananas. And the guy's a young horses with the crazy idea. But that's the kind of game which, you're right, that we didn't have the computing power before. So now I think what we saw... I'd say five the last five to eight years of like a, a retro sort of push um, because a lot of the engines were sort of hard to, to get to. Now with Unity and Unreal being so ubiquitous and so mm-hmm. easy to work with, now I think the visual fidelity and, and steps are going up and now it's a focus, you know, continual focus on gameplay. What does a moment-to-moment feel like? Um, and, and whenever they do detect that sort of sense of jankiness, it's like that's not really what I'm looking for. But it still, I think, gives you that ability to do crazy bad stuff like uh, Octo. Yeah, and it's also there's this sort of you can lean into the kind of comedy of it, which I yeah. think Octodad did perfectly. Yeah, uh, Drop Simulator, Simulator yeah, you know. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, it makes me think like a game like um, 
like Superman 64 would probably be like a darling indie game on Twitch if it was released in 2016. <laughs> totally. for the How super now. is this man? Yeah. <laughs> He's flying through these rings. This is nuts. Well, I always I was had an idea I kept pitching to publishers of saying, what if you took this ama- one of your amazing IPs and just did like an indie jam where a bunch of indies made their own interpretation of that? How much right. fun would that be? I think they did it sort of with Serious Sam, right? Yeah, with the, the yeah. Devolver and stuff like that. It's like but, a turn-based RPG part of it. Yeah, yeah totally. But I mean, yeah. that would be so neat to take these things that are so coveted and to allow people to do their own interpretation of how would you do it yeah, in the modern totally. day technology? I always love that. I mean, especially when you give you give like ten artists one character to draw, and they all come at a completely different. Totally, angle. totally. Um, there's some. I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, you guys should pocket. Although that there's also the Animatrix is also out there at the same time. Right, so let's, right. Let's, let's temper this <laughs> idea, as we would call here at IGN, a mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> Fans of the series will love it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, whatever. That was actually the the best part of the two movies that came after the first. So it's fair, totally fair. It. Yeah, dodge the bullet. Cool. So, is there anything else you guys want to you want to touch on? I mean, I'm just you, you showed up to to bullshit with us, and that's super awesome. But is there anything people should be paying attention to over at Iron Galaxy? I mean, I think the big thing for us is just video ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's kind of like a 2D Rocket League take on mm-hmm. it. I mean, Tim created it. Started, has been working on it for like six years. Tim Rogers, he lives yeah. out of here. Um, so definitely a passion project for those guys. And uh, I think it's amazing. If you're into competitive stuff, if you're into sports games, anything along those lines, it's definitely worth checking out. It's available on you know Steam, PS4, Xbox One, and uh, tons of fun right now. That's very much like what your Tetris description was. It, it yeah, it's incredibly. <laughs> it, what is it's it? Like, you know, easy like, to selling games like that and like Dive Kick are really really hard because people you bring like Dive Kick or Video Ball to a show like PAX or just a video, you put a trailer out on YouTube, people look at that and they're like. It's triangles shooting a ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, but then you, they get their hands on the sticks and they start playing and they realize there's all this depth that's not apparent to it. And there's strategy and there's teamwork you can do. And then once they play it, they get it. And it, that's why we have to go to shows to show this kind of stuff off. Yeah. You've got to start bringing it to house parties. Yeah. Like, take that to take that to frat house. One at a time. One person oh, at a time. <laughs> hearts and minds. Hearts and minds. Dave's accepting invites yeah. to house parties. I will totally go to your house party. Be there. Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. Keg stands. Let's go. That's a really cheap tour. Sorority. That's not like, like, we can just figure out all the little college towns. And outwards. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. One of the reasons the middle tier fell out was because they threw these extravagant parties. It's true. Strippers. It's true. They were sacrificing. And goats at that god yep. Just get just 30 rack and some Tostinos, all right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's all you, know, you need. We're calling up Northwestern first. Northwestern, we're coming to you. <laughs> okay. Someone there have a frat. Are there even frats at Northwestern? I don't even know. There, there are, are now. now. There are now. <laughs> yeah. If not, there's tailgates. Yeah, we're coming. We got a projector. Oh. Boom. But there, I saw a great uh, I saw a great trailer for Video Ball that like, completely sold, sold me on it. And I'm like, yeah. this uh, just looks really cool. Tim Rogers. Yeah, Tim, Tim did a six-part epic. Yeah. A six-part <laughs> epic for the launch trailer. It's pretty good. That guy's a genius. I loved him. Yeah. He's a he's a mad scientist. Yeah, he's like it's like one of those things where if you just know him from the internet or from like Kotaku, it's like you might not know what to think of him or whatever. But like the minute you meet that dude and you talk to him for two seconds, it's like I fucking love this guy. I want yeah. I want him to explain everything in the world to me. Yep. Cause, yeah, because that's the world I want to live in. Yeah. Did he did he write that Kotaku post about like having sex on Sonic the Hedgehog sheets or something? Yeah, everything's possible. I think that I think <laughs> I that think he wrote he that. Yeah. 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 yeah buy that guy's new game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He needs new sheets. That's actually it's actually the best pitch possible. Cool. Yeah. Well, um. You guys are all on Twitter. You're Joseph J. Brony. Joseph J. Brony. I'm Jesus Hot Wheels. Jesus Hot Wheels, really? That's the truth. Brian's Agent Bizzle. That's great. Man, I'm, I'm jealous of those. And names. you're Am Boys? Am Boys. Get cool. it? Because there's an at Jeez. at first. So it's at Am Boys. Do you get it? <laughs> oh, that's dumb. Oh, I never got that. That's oh. really good. Oh. 
I like it. Uh, go. He, called, he called me up before he started at PlayStation, <laughs> and he was so proud of this because he changed it because he was something. Was it before? It was the booyah. The booyah. He's like, I have to. So it's gonna be at them boys. It's <laughs> like, well, I don't. He's up like, and no, at it's them. At them boys. At them boys. Say it fast. Say it fast, Dave. At them boys. Just like there you go. Oh, now you wow. get it. Okay. There you go. Still okay. winning. Still right. winning four years later. <laughs> 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 boys. I don't know. Boys. Get at them, boys. Yeah. yeah right? He's like, That's are you a radio? Are you an AM radio <laughs> DJ? <laughs> terrible. AM boys AM in the morning. Radio. Coming at you. Jerry <laughs> <laughs> Legal in the morning. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on what you're up to because it's. I'm. It's, uh, this is, cool this, is bad news. Yeah, this is bad news, Bears. Keep the cattle prod ready. Yeah, she's here to make sure it's not bad news. Cool. Well, um, Come back with surprises. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think you're safe there. We'll catch you going. Yeah. On that note, uh, RV. Beyond. 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 There you go. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.